0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to another episode of the LA Survival Guide podcast. My name is Tony, and joining me today in the studio is Alex, per usual. What's up, Alex? Hey, Tony. How are you doing? I'm um, doing okay, given everything that's going on in the world right Should now. Should I not have asked? It's all good. Okay. We're good.
1: And we have with us on a call our usual hosts, Jay and Andre. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing okay. How are you? All right. Andre, what's up in Victorville?
2: Uh, I have my watermelon here, just sort of enjoying the day, so nothing to report.
1: And today we have with us in the studio as well, our roommate Seth, the guitarist on the LA Survival Guide podcast theme music. Welcome, Seth. Thanks for the shout out and uh, glad to be here. Yeah, great. Glad to have you on finally. I didn't
2: know that.
3: Yeah, this is, this is the guy. I, uh, I I pretty much brought it all in. You <laughs> <laughs> literally did. <dead. laughs> it only took me eight hours, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, that that guitar
3: was clutch. Thanks, bro.
2: Who does the uh, the vocals in the podcast? Is it was it Tony?
1: No, that's me and Tony. So I I, I laid down okay. the initial vocal track, and Tony layered some more
0: uh, harmonies and stuff on top of it, which also took me eight oh, hours nice. because I'm out of practice. <laughs> Um, so before we get into our follow-up to the first part of our relationship episode with Seth, a couple of COVID-19 updates. Let's start statewide. Garcetti, not Garcetti, Newsom.
2: Does that kind of look
4: alike to anybody else? Kevin Newsom looks like just, he looks like any politician to me. Generic politician look. He just looks like the most typical looking Paul ever scene.
3: He's no Schwarzenegger.
0: But Garcetti is too. But then Garcetti (laughs) will start speaking Spanish, which by the way, I don't know if you've been a part of Garcetti's Instagram uh, live feeds where he starts speaking Spanish, but the chat just lights up with like thirsty women. (laughs) It is so ridiculous. Ay, papi is bilingual. This is so bad. It's so bad. Wow. Have you been hearing all of this I think a lot of it's on Twitter, but there's a lot of chatter
2: around, like, mostly women, just a lot of thirst for, like, like Dr. Anthony Fauci, and, like, you know, Mayor Eric Garcetti, and Governor Newsom, and just, like, sort of, you know, leaders in charge. There's, like, a lot of thirst around leaders in charge right Fauci? now. Fauci? Really? Oh, yeah, there's, like, a whole Fauci thing happening.
3: Wow. You know, in some way, I can understand it because we're kind of watching one of the craziest surreal soap operas of our time. So I guess women are just kind of like, oh, I like him.
0: They've (laughs) been locked up, they need to get out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to the update. The update is. So statewide, Newsom has released a statewide industry guidance to reduce risk that basically outlines protocols for different industries as we reopen. And this can be found on the ca.gov website if you click on the COVID-19 update. And you can find there's probably like 15 to 20 of these guidelines for reopening city-wise. Garcetti on Tuesday, May 26th, basically held a press conference that outlined what it would look like for the state to reopen salons, barbershops, and other things. But specifically for the following day, this would have been Wednesday, the 27th, we have now reopened retail shops for in-store purchases, with the caveat that the stores have to maintain a 50% capacity level and observe a six-foot social distancing protocol. This also, in addition to people, if they want to continue the curbside pickup, that's still a thing. Then also another big thing for reopening on the 27th was the houses of worship. The caveat here was 25% or 100 people max uh whichever was fewer. So, I mean, it looks like LA County and the city of LA are a little further behind other places within the state of California, but there is some progress being made as far as reopening goes. With all of that, there's also rioting and protests going on because of the whole George Floyd um incident. Uh his his the murder of George Floyd, not the incident, Um, let's call this what it is, just people are upset and angry and just out and about. And I know for me, it's taking me some time to process everything that's going on. I've been sad. I've been angry. I've just been frustrated with the whole thing uh, in general. And I'm sure we'll get into that at at a later time. But today, we're talking about relationships. Seth. Yes. How's your relationship going?
3: My relationship is, is great. I think with everything has been happening the last few months, it's been definitely a source of stress of things that have happened that are out of our control in the world. And it's been a a really tough, uh, it's been a tough place. I'm sure a lot, a lot of couples, I'm sure in the same boat, but, um, people amongst themselves, you know, it creates a stressful situation and you, you have to kind of like find a balance to, turn that off or and, and have healthy discussions and to, uh, to really support each other through those things. So it, it definitely has created a different layer in some ways. And I think that's good because it, it's something that you can explore between each other. Um, but yeah, for me, it's been just really uh, it's been, it's been in some ways not different, but in totally different. Like I think we're all of us trying to figure this all out. Yeah. Right.
1: Being able to weather something like a pandemic together that probably
3: speaks pretty positively if you can get through that together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um,
3: so how long have you guys been together? So, my girlfriend and I have been together for about four years now. So, this I think uh, coming this January. So, we had um, yeah. So, we, this would be the first time we've been really stretched a little bit with, uh, keeping space and keeping distance and, and, uh, you know, being more mindful, which is really interesting. Mm. I would say, and I think there's a lot of ways I can jump into this with you guys, but for me, there's so many layers. Um, and I think we had a conversation a couple of months ago about like what this would look like going forward as roommates. And, um, we initially kind of talked a little bit about what we felt would be helpful for the house. And I, I feel like for me, I wanted to do something, um, that was trying to find a balance between being mindful and safe. And, um, so I work, I have to work. I'm an essential worker, but I don't interact with too many people. Like I'm really in one place. There are not really many people there. Um, and she's at a place where she was working from home so we both kind of had found that we could probably keep, um, keep a healthy space and a boundary with our lack of interactions. Um, she's a person who is, um, I wouldn't say a germaphobe, but she's very overly cautious. Like, we, we wear our masks everywhere. Uh, we don't even touch the doorknob when we go to her apartment. Like, it's like we use our elbow or something, and then we immediately go to the sink and wash our hands for 20 seconds. Uh, There's been that level, which has created, like, I think both of us have learned to deal with that, but you can see each other's stress exhibited in different ways through something like this.
0: Yeah. I specifically remember the conversation that we, the four roommates here, had when um, this all kind of started, more specifically when the Safer at Home order came down, and we just at that up to that point, we had not really discussed COVID at all, but I know for me it was okay. This is a time for us to kind of get together and make sure that we're prepared. Like if something happens to us, like let's get each other's emergency contact information so that if it came down to it, we could reach out to parents and significant others kind of thing. But also Set some like expectations here within the apartment as to uh, how do we handle visitors? Are we going to allow ourselves to have visitors during this time? What is safer at home? This, what does this order actually mean? Does it mean that it's just going to be the four of us and the people that we work with on that we see and interact with on a regular basis? But more specifically for you, like just questions of okay, so what does this look like for you and your girlfriend moving forward, who is a guest pretty frequently at our place, but then also you go over to her place quite often as well. So like what were healthy expectations? And I remember that it was a tough conversation to mm-hmm. have. Cause I know for me specifically, I was just like, I didn't feel comfortable with outside guests in given just so much being unknown about the, the virus and, I guess we kind of figured how it was contracted, but like there was just so much unknown as far as person-to-person interactions. And even with there being four people in one apartment, I felt there was so much potential for outside exposure that I wanted to try to... Expressed my desire to try to minimize the exposure. And I was just like thinking in my head, you know, I cannot ask this man to not see his girlfriend, but I know that it sounds like that's what I'm saying in me expressing my concerns about everything that was going on, taking it all into consideration. Um, And I'm happy to report that you've made your adjustments. And and from a a roommate standpoint, I commend you on it. Because I know this could not have been an easy last, what, 78 days. (laughs) But (laughs) who's counting? (laughs) You. (laughs) But yeah, so like mentally and emotionally, how has the adjustment... Uh, been for you? Like, has it been stressful? Has it been something that you've just like taken day, one day at a time? That was early on in
3: our decision and how we would handle it, which was ended up being more about space. And, and yeah, we, I wouldn't want anyone here to feel unsafe. That was the priority. Um, but knowing the risk involved was, I believe less at the time, than I believed I would be more risk to you guys because of, I had to go to work than her because she wasn't going anywhere. She was literally sitting at home all day. Um, We decided, I think from the beginning, to take it one day at a time. And we would change our plans and decrease or increase depending on how we felt that would be perceived and also for us. And I feel like that has been our, like, honestly, day by day is the only way you can go about any of this because who knows, you know, I mean, we've got still several, many weeks ahead of as, and more than that um, to really get this thing figured out as a city um, and as a nation. And I think for us, it just, it just felt better to just say, let's just focus on tomorrow or today and like, look at it constructively because it takes a lot of pressure off of what's our plan? How are we going to do this? It's like, let's decide how do we feel? Are you safe? Am I safe? Let's try this. Um, The concerns though, it's interesting you brought all that up about roommates because I think that's so true and you can look at this relationally, but it's also so much bigger because um, if you have roommates, people have different backgrounds. Some people are more, um, they're more, I wouldn't say fearful. I wouldn't say like concerned. I would just say they're just, they're just more, they care. They care more about the house and they care more about who's coming and going. And some people are like, and that's my girlfriend. She's very focused on like keeping her apartment safe. And she's had some issues in the past with, um, even currently a roommate who's not a little bit more freebie with some of that stuff. And they've had some conversations which have turned out to be really good, but I think she, I just felt like, yeah, like we want to make sure we limit our contact in general. Like if you're going somewhere and doing something, make sure it's like for a purpose. So you have to have it, have your own boundaries with that, and I understand some people are going to be different. But um, when you're living with other people, it's you're sharing your life and, and health with other people. It's a totally bigger thing, and, and I think if you're if you're like wise enough to understand that and like have like, I think at the end we had a good agreement, understanding between each other. Like it's productive, it's helpful, but if you don't like, I I think, or you see people that are living together that are not respecting each other, that's where all the tension comes from. And I think a lot of the issues I've seen is when people don't really set health boundaries between each other. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I I totally get the kind of struggle you guys are having. It's yeah, it's a little different with me and my wife since we uh, live together. Um, Although we also have roommates, uh, which maybe surprises some who are listening we ran out bedrooms in our, our condo, but yeah, I mean, I, I, understand we've, we've smoothed, I think for us, just because of our circumstances, the girls that live here, they have been pretty diligent about observing social distancing. It seems. And even though they both, uh, they both are currently working, including one who actually has to go into work. So we've not been too worried. We've been encouraging them to wash their hands a little less so since we found out that the disease is not easily passed <laughs> through objects. It is possible that it's not easily passed through uh, tangible objects and surfaces. But the the, the biggest struggle that we endure day to day is not so much like kind of navigating the boundaries of the relationship, but navigating the boundaries of our circumstances which have been really difficult for everyone right now.
2: I can empathize a lot with what you were talking about, Seth, um, and what you were talking about, Tony, and trying to negotiate what is best for the group. Obviously, you know, you guys all live in one house together and you have to be consistent on, you know, what type of precautions are we going to take as a group or what kind of allowances are we going to give ourselves? I think something I'm struggling with a little bit right now in my household is that not everyone in the house is agreed on the type of precautions we should be taking. I think I have a more cautious approach than than the rest of my family does, and I'll say you know perhaps we shouldn't be inviting ten people over for lunch, and perhaps we shouldn't be going to this group gathering down the street. And they'll disagree and they'll go. And if I live in a household where I'm social distancing, but the three other people I live with aren't, then for me, it's as good as not social distancing. Because I can't avoid the three people I'm living with.
1: Right. What's the point?
2: Uh, for the 4th of July, there's usually like this big fireworks event thing you know, in this community. Traditionally, my parents have a lot of extended family come over and spend the day with us. And we watch the fireworks in the afternoon they've decided to do that again this year. So we're going to have anywhere between like eight to 12 people in the house on that day. And they're all coming from different places. They're all different ages. And a few minutes ago, I was telling, I was asking my mom, you know, like, is this safe for us to do? And even if it's safe, like, is it advised? Is it in, is it in good taste? And She didn't really have a solid answer for me other than admitting, you know, she's really tired of social distancing. But if that's what my parents decide to do, then I can't do anything about it, you know. So it doesn't really matter what I think or what I say or what I do. I'm sort of subject to the actions of the people around me.
0: I feel you're in a more difficult situation because you are staying at your parents' house where you're, I feel your voice doesn't have equal weight as maybe the people that own the house, your parents, whereas in our situation, I felt like my voice had twenty five percent of the weight, and I felt heard I definitely feel like your situation is probably a little tougher to to deal with in general, but it's also important to note, especially since this is a follow up to a relationships episode, that I feel that we as humans were not We're not meant to live solitary lives. Like solitary confinement is literally punishment for people who are already in prison, who have already been in this sort of correctional institution. Like you've messed up there, you go be by yourself someplace. I hear that sentiment that your mom is feeling in expressing no longer wanting to distance herself socially from people. It's tough. And again, if you guys had chosen to remain distant, I I do. On one hand, I felt like there were ways around that to you guys could virtually hang, which I know is not the same thing as being able to see her in person to like hug her and and show affection, kind of thing. But again, it there are ways around it.
3: I would also just like to say um, because I do connect um, to that. With terms with other people, like my, I called my mom the other day and she's in a different state and they're going to, uh, they were going to a restaurant, her and her friends, because they've relaxed restrictions a lot more um, than than they are here really openly. And I'm like, mom, you're, you know, you're in that age group that is the concerned group and she's a nurse and stuff still. But it really made me go, people are going to do what they're going to do and they're going to have a different perception on what they think is safe. But when you have people in your life, in your home, and as things get less and less restrictive, I think, yeah, there's gonna be more of these conversations of like, hey, what so are we good? Can we get kind of start getting back to normal here? And everyone's gonna be maybe emotionally or safely in a different place too, to figure that out.
1: It's interesting to hear you guys talk about this. I totally understand how some people in certain situations are very quickly getting tired of social distancing and they just need to get out. But myself as mostly an introvert who sometimes can disguise himself as an extrovert, depending on the situation, I'm actually doing pretty well. Uh, I'm pretty happy continuing to social distance and not really bothered by staying at home because that's what I do anyway. I mean, I'm looking forward to being able to get out again freely, but this just kind of Goes to show that there's a huge spectrum of how everyone has to deal with and has to adapt or not adapt to this situation in their own particular way.
0: You and I are wired very differently, as we've discussed. We're not re- we're not related. <laughs> we're not related, <laughs> definitely not. Um, I remember having a discussion with you that basically, actually, and my parents. My parents ask me all the time, "Why do you have roommates?" <laughs> that's and, well, that's funny. Do, do they know you? Like you're a people person. Yes and no. <laughs> I I okay. Um so I guess they knew me as the quiet one. They don't, they did not see me when I was at school and I was in my environment. Right. Going from group to group talking to people because at right, home I was at, at home. home I was just like I was so used to being at home while my parents were at work and like not going outside because we couldn't. Fast forward to now. I I would go crazy if I lived by myself. I need to have something going on around me, or someone to talk to every once in a while. I don't have to like talk to them every every minute, but like it's good to check in with people and have people check in on me. I feel cared for in that way. Living with roommates, I think my sweet spot
2: is having people around, but not having to interact with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I really liked. I think like all the best roommate situations that I've had were where I lived in a in an apartment or a house with someone, and I almost didn't know their names. It was great. I'm I'm gonna say
3: I agree too because like I I like noise. I like, I like the sounds of people talking and like back in the old days, <laughs> I could work at a coffee shop and feel very productive and enjoy it. Uh, and I like that here too with my roommates. Cause it's just nice to have things happening or people there. And even if I'm not interacting, I kind of like that, that background noise. It's like white noise to me. It's just like, just action. Things are going on.
1: For me, like a coffee shop is too specific of like a noise level in that I'll actually be distracted because there's a small amount of people around. I would never be able to work in a coffee shop. But like there's a weird kind of curve in that like if I were to go to a mall and sit down and people were far enough away from me and there was a large enough volume of people that it was just a murmur in the background, it has to be like either a murmur far away or like Nothing at all.
3: You know, I feel like there has to be some like mall music you could play and just relax a little bit to help you.
1: Well, not the music, but like, just like the-
0: <laughs> mall music is part of the atmosphere, part of the murmur. The sounds. Yeah. The music. The fountain. Oh, yes. The fountain. Malls still a thing. Malls have definitely changed. Yeah.
4: You know, it was a topic of conversation this morning. Beaver butts.
0: <laughs> beaver butts. What is a beaver, beaver butts.
4: butt? Did you know beaver butts, uh people have been using beaver butts as a flavor and scent for thousands of years? Are you talking about like an actual beaver's
0: butthole that he poops out of?
4: No, not exactly. There's a so there's a scent gland um right by his butthole, very, very close to his butthole that um produces a nice odor apparently and it's had a lot of different commercial and culinary applications in the last thousands of years in fact in the last 80 years uh the people were using beaver butts as a artificial flavor for uh vanilla raspberry and (laughs) strawberry
3: the more you know (laughs) I
4: just still
0: want to know.
3: <laughs> it just is. It it lingers on the tongue like beaver butts. <laughs> I thought. How did I didn't that happen? How thought. did that happen? How did that conversation? Where did that go?
4: <clears throat> I listened to a podcast called uh, "The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week," and this was a topic on uh, "The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week" a little while back. And I was reminded of it this morning, and so I just kind of like that was a weird thing. i want to read more about that this morning. So I did, and then I brought it back up beaver butts. One of our roommates works as a, she's a food scientist. So she does like a lot of like flavors and stuff like that. So, um, I, I mentioned it to her as well. Has she tasted something with beaver butt flavoring? (laughs) No, she wasn't. She wasn't aware of it actually, but she did tell me that a lot of the red, red color and flavoring comes from a bug
3: I would I just expect when I go visit like midwest America someday I'm going to see like in an old grocery store shelf like beaver butt ice cream
0: or I could
3: or something. I just feel <laughs> I'll I'll think of you I'll be like, "Ah, oh, yeah."
0: I mean it is better marketing than just labeling something vanilla.
3: <laughs>
4: I mean, who eats it's regular like vanilla. It's a new ice cream Taco Bell flavor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> beaver butts. Roommates, relationships, COVID-19, these are the things that you're going to hear about in today's episode. <laughs> Who knew? Malls. Malls. Oh, <laughs> yeah, malls. Well, I think this is a great place for us to just shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Jay, Andre, thank you guys for joining us again via Zoom, also not a paid advertisement. <laughs> Roommate Seth, I think that's what we're going to refer to you as, Roommate Seth. Thank you for coming on and sharing uh, about your relationship and your experience during COVID-19 and the Safer at Home thing, man. I really appreciate you being on the show. We're going to find a way to get you back on along with roommate Joel, the mysterious roommate. I can't wait. to <laughs> nap, Joel. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we will catch you guys later. Bye. All right, bye. bye. See you guys. Bye.